We are once again gathered here today to bask in the golden light of mustachioed greatness. I think we all know that it was just a matter of time before we covered a movie that features quite possibly the greatest silver fox mustache known to man. He's got a voice that can bring hellfire and brimstone at one moment, then bring a stoic and western poetic warmth at the next moment. <laughs> Walking across any scene with a silhouette of a cowboy slender man, his presence has a big impact even in his smaller roles. Yes, I am speaking about the legendary Samuel Peck Elliott, or as most refer to him, Sam Elliott. It's no wonder I love Sam Elliott. The guy's middle name is Pac, and anyone that knows me knows I love me some Pac-Man. I really wanted to get in a Sam Elliott movie early on because he was one of my Grandpa Segura's favorite actors, actually. If my grandfather was alive today, I'm sure he'd rather me cover a different movie other than The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. But I'm sure we'll all have another Sam Elliott movie on this show at some point. I feel like this is a great pick, though. You like war movies? Sure. You like creature features? Yeah. Well, do I have something for you? So let's get this show on the road and see what the movie is all about, and I'll play that crap theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you. We're ready for the show. We'll watch movies, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you. All right, today I'd like to welcome a new guest and co-host to this episode. He's been cracking me up for years now as the co-host of the Grind Bin Podcast, where he balances a wealth of knowledge, insight, jokes, and sexy-ass cosplay all at the same time. His name is Bobby Trippett. Welcome to the Mustachioed Podcast, yo, Bobby. My God, what an intro. Wow. <laughs> this thing, I, I gotta tell you, Daniel, uh, my mustache doubled in size. Just now. I don't know how that happened, but I am I am sporting a giant one now, thanks to that. And also a very thick mustache. Very nice. <laughs> What's and, up, man? And I, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm also excited to hear about uh, Grandpa Segura's fandom for Sam Elliott, because, uh, incidentally, on the other side, my grandma is also a big Sam Elliott fan, but I think in a different way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think my grandpa liked his draw, you know, he liked that stoic, because my grandpa's actually very similar, I think he just sort of saw a white guy version of himself and was like, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What'd your mom like about him? Oh, well, my grandmother. Uh, oh, your grandma, I, that's right. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not even, I wasn't even sure she knew any Sam Elliott movies. Uh, let me tell you how I found out that she is a big Sam Elliott fan. See, my grandma, uh, a couple years ago, got on Facebook, finally. And, cool. uh, like like most people's grandparents, she's not entirely sure how to how to work this thing, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, she just she doesn't know when she's sharing things, who she's tagging in them, where it's going. You know, she's just hitting <laughs> buttons. That's how you figure stuff out, you know? Yep. Um, Sounds about right. And so, one day I log on, and my grandma has shared this meme of Sam Elliott. And it's a, a younger Sam Elliott, and he's like, you know, he's got his shirt open, he's drinking from a cup of coffee, you know, the mustache is out both sides of the room. Oh. And, uh, and it says something to the effect of, like, morning, sexy, coffee's ready, want some? <laughs> and I'm like, Grandma, what are you doing? Why are you sharing this? <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, it's cute, it's funny. I'm like, all right, Grandma, you know, you got a little, you got a little hot and bothered by a Sam Elliott meme. You know, at least it wasn't one of those weird conservative ones from Lebowski. 
<laughs> um, but uh, then I clicked on the meme, you know, to see where it came from. Yeah. And that's when I saw that before sharing it, my grandmother had commented on the initial post. Oh, no. And I won't repeat exactly what she had said, but you don't want to hear your grandma say it. <laughs> and uh, it involved... <laughs> All right, I will, I will, I will, it, it involved uh, talk of moisture, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and I'm like, Grandma... I'm taking away your computer privileges. <laughs> you can like Sam Elliott all you want, but keep it to yourself. <laughs> so that's oh, that's man. my that's my grandma's uh, love for Sam Elliott as I discovered one afternoon. Wow! So Sam Elliott was keeping women hot for years on end. Oh, he's the. He, I mean, can you blame them? Oh, sh- yeah. I mean, the guy's consistent. He's had that same sort of energy about himself like he's he seemed like a western cowboy early in his career and it just got better and better and better and better so you know honestly power I, to I, him. I have to agree completely <laughs> and speaking to this particular film which uh as far as i understand was the most recent sam elliott movie i don't know what he's done since I think so yeah i think this was uh what year did this come out was this a uh, 2017 or you're it? asking the show i don't know <laughs> i was actually <laughs> gonna say the grind bin everybody is known for their fantastic background of film and the actors, the directors, writers of each of the movies. They have Grindbin All-Stars in their movies. It's just fantastic to learn about all that. I don't bring that to the table, and this is why Bobby's here. <laughs> Man, I, I should have I should have found that out beforehand then. I feel woefully unprepared. <laughs> just uh, throw it on your lap. Of course. Oh, shit, was I supposed to do some homework? No, not no, really. Uh, I kid. But, um... Uh, you know, knowing Sam Elliott and the whole, mo- and, you know, it goes it goes with the motif of the show. Oh, totally. <laughs> but uh, knowing Sam Elliott, like like I do anyway, I expected this film uh, to be uh, a bit more kinetic than it actually was. So I was not prepared for the uh, for the somber character study. But honestly, uh, what a great way to showcase Sam Elliott. I mean, I really uh, to to your intro. I think you've picked the right movie to do your first. Uh, exploration of sam elliott's mustache (laughs) thank you so much i you know and it really was just sort of uh you know i i always wanted to see this movie i it's always been one of those i'll pass it by or i'll hear about it and i'm like man you know i gotta i gotta get that in the list that's something i need to see and this is way way before i ever thought about doing this and all of a sudden when this came up i was like perfect finally now i have a real freaking reason to watch this movie and it was like i i kind of liken it to um is it the it, i i don't know why i'm blanking on it but i think it's the dark knight returns it's basically the the the, the comic book where batman's a little older yeah he's that's just kind that's of walking returns. around pissed off <laughs> absolutely sort of reminds uh, me of a little bit a little bit dark knight returns and uh, this movie's also a little bit uh logan oh yeah totally it's totally like Logan if he, if he didn't heal at all. <laughs> if he had brittle bones. <laughs> yeah, Logan if he was just a regular-ass old man. <laughs> and yeah, was, totally, because, like, yeah, they do show Logan uh, fighting in wars and shit in his movie. <laughs> it's very similar. Like, we're flashing back to those times, and we're dealing with him, you know, dealing with ruffians. We'll get into it as you break down the film itself. But Oh, yeah. But, yeah, this is definitely like a Wolverine movie. It is. I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> and I never thought I'd want Sam Elliott as Wolverine, but here we are. 
Yeah. Yeah, he would have been great. And even like if he wasn't Wolverine, he would have been great in a Wolverine movie, talking to Wolverine. Oh, like for sure. And I feel like if, if it weren't for, you know, Fox and Marvel having the separate rights, he could have had a chance because he did play a Marvel character. That's right, he did. Was he in the Hulk? He's in Ang Lee's Hulk as oh. a Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> Right. And you know that mustache got him the gig. That's right. Oh my God, he did play him. Yeah, and then that... uh, you know whoever who did they get for the uh, for the Ed Norton one? Because yeah, he he yeah. got to appear in like multiple MCU films. They found a much more assholey looking guy because I think <laughs> the problem with Sam Elliott he's too damn likable. You do find yourself liking this guy. It's too hard for him to be a bad guy. Like I, I'm, I try and I don't know a whole bunch of his all his film filmography. I don't know how many bad guys he's played, but he's just so much better as like sort of a middle ground, back and forth kind of guy or a hero. So I don't know. Oh, it's for just, sure. Yeah, I don't. I can't recall a time where he's really been a things. bad guy. I mean, I mean, I don't think he was a bad guy in Roadhouse, right? Nah, nah, he was a badass. Well, right, that's a that's a very different thing. But this movie particularly, uh, Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, uh, it gives you something you don't often get, which is the Pyrrhic badass. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's that motherfucker, but at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And I like those kinds of stories. The kind of thing you put, like, a sad Johnny Cash song over. Yeah, except they don't put a sad Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> they do not. Um, at one point, they put Bill Withers over it, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> So you want to go ahead and break down this movie with me? Yeah, let's get right into it, my man. All right, it's time for the movie breakdown. (laughs) 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 Movie breakdown. All right, so the film opens up with uh, Billy Squire's Lonely is the Night, which actually really took me back to my uh, dad blasting his station wagon radio back in the day. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I was like having some weird... It was weird. I guess I, had, I it almost felt like I haven't heard that song since I was like being taken to football practice. But um, Sam, Sam Elliott is sitting behind a tall glass of whiskey looking like he's about one firework blast away from a major freakout. <laughs> and uh, right. you know ptsd is nothing to joke about but no. uh, you could just tell he's seen some shit and that that it just man he's on the edge so yeah, his name is calvin bar in this movie and that's probably the last time i'll mention that unless you happen to mention it bobby no his name's sam elliott we're gonna okay. just... <laughs> pretty sure he was playing himself so things begin to shake all of a sudden and uh i guess this uh you know he's been drinking a bunch <laughs> he makes it very easy to break into your past so things begin to shake and we're in a world war ii comic book movie a guy walks into the office of what looks like a nazi accountant wearing a white coat <laughs> and uh i don't know too much about all the uniforms represented and stuff but uh this dude's in a white uniform do you know anything about nazi stuff bobby <laughs> Uh, not as far as uh, the differences in the uniforms, honestly. I mean, my 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 knowledge of Nazi uniforms goes not far past Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> Classic. Classic. <laughs> so I, <laughs> he's talking to this accountant, right? And this accountant's like asking him for all this stuff. Like he needs it, to, I guess, to like clear all this stuff so he can be cleared to like go ahead and go on forth. We have no idea who this. This is another one of those. Um, 
movies where in the beginning they show a scene that they're going to show again later on in the movie. I think that's similar. Some something similar happened with Force Vengeance, but uh, that basically it's this soldier in black. I'm assuming we all kind of assume it's Sam Elliott as a young guy. He has to put all yeah. his stuff on the table, and then he goes upstairs. Um, and he like, like signs the guest book on his yeah, way. Yeah, signs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Nazi guest book. <laughs> he signs the Nazi guest book, and he starts making like this pretty dope little makeshift weapon out of the stuff that he had that I guess wasn't seen as anything that was like a weapon, right? Yeah, this is some real like uh, proto James Bond type stuff. It looked like he used a flask that he started screwing onto a gun. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. And uh, then all of a sudden we end up. I think we end. Oh, so then he uh, the music starts to swell and he's going down a hallway. He runs into a lady for a little bit, and he kind of likes trying to play it off and everything. And he gets the weapon going, and he starts going down the hallway. And he opens a, a door to a really fancy-looking room, and there's just a man uh, standing right at the end of it in a thong. No, he's not in a thong, but <laughs> he's standing right at the end. And we end up going back to the dive bar that Sam Elliott's in. And he's just, you know, talking to the bartender, right? Yeah, it was apparently one of his only uh, friends he has at this point. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got you know he's got one of those, you know I've been in that same situation. Um, uh, I I was I I was married for a long time, but I, I we divorced and I got I was single for almost a year, and you really do make some friends with bartenders. Let me tell you. Oh surely, surely. You do. I always wanted a cheers. Um, I never really found it, but, you know, I did have plenty of friends there. It's kind of key because if you're going to be there a lot, you want to be able to, you know, try free drinks every now and then and stuff like that. Well, surely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this bartender is telling him that uh, he should take a vacation to the Keys, and Sam says uh, that it sounds like the kind of places that a man such as yourself thinks a man such as myself should go on to die. <laughs> <laughs> what a start. Yeah, and, he and says, what's great is what's great is the bartender doesn't even entirely debunk that. <laughs> he's just he's kind of like, well, you know, he's <laughs> like, well, you know, you're. Sl- I see you slunched over here every single night. I'm just. You know. <laughs> I mean, it beats dying here, where, you know, where <laughs> I have to clean you up. <laughs> so, uh, so it gets a little awkward there for a moment, but uh, you know, Sam goes ahead and calls it calls it quits for the night says goodbye to i think the bartender's name was george it's a good bartender name yeah and we're outside with sam elliott as he slow as he slowly walks uh from the dive bar to his car at first i actually thought he was walking from home and i was just talking about being in bars and stuff i honestly miss those nights where you're leaving the bar and you don't need to worry about getting in a car or nothing you just walk from home uh, have you ever been in that situation bobby <laughs> Uh, walking home from a bar? It's, no, I don't believe so. Actually, it's the best. You're not. You haven't. Been I mean, I've tried enough. to. You know. <laughs> oh, trust me, I have. But uh, uh, <laughs> but usually, I would attempt to walk home, and then somebody yeah, that's true. would. I have heard some I, stories uh, of the bid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have. But uh, I've been in, I've been in similar situation to you. Not not divorced per se, but uh, you know, shortly after uh, the end of a long relationship, I found myself befriending a lot of bartenders. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's part of the life. You know, for yeah, that little bit, they help they help kind of put you back together. You just don't want to be there too long. You know? No, exactly. It's a exactly. short lived existence. But you've actually you've actually done the the long the long stumble home, have you? Oh yeah, man. I I've even sang songs out loud while walking. Oh wow! Yeah. 
Um, I, that's a, I that's don't a, remember that's an archetypal many. thing um, you're I was doing just here. down the street, so it was nothing too crazy. It's not like I had to go very far, but uh, I remember <laughs> one night where I was singing, Carry on my wayward son. <laughs> Someone came by and was like, You really need to lay your head to rest, man. <laughs> and I'm all, Please take me home. <laughs> 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 so, I was turned into country roads there at the end. <laughs> so uh, a car, a car seems to be kind of like tagging him a little bit. Like you see a car kind of pull up and maybe watching out, but we don't know what's going on there. He's walking onto his car, and some crooks freaking run into him out of nowhere, slam his freaking face on. I mean, I, I, once again, it's the same with when when I was watching Death Wish. It sometimes it bothers me to see like a a, a older. An older adult get their ass kicked, like it well, bothers. Well, yeah, me. you feel for an old man. You do. You know, you know, anyone who's had old people in their lives, you're like, imagine, imagine your grandparent just getting his ass beat by a gang. <laughs> like that's not. It's fucked up. Yeah, and, and I felt the same way. I tensed up pretty hard, but, yeah. but then I remember the title of this movie, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, this is that Wolverine movie we're getting, right? He's going to growl and then pop his claws. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, he needs a reason to kick some ass. So this is pretty much what this scene's all about. These guys and, are just holding him up. And, but they're exceptionally uh, cruel to him, which is... Uh, they, yeah. Which I think is something, you know, I may be wrong, but I think it's kind of something that only really happens with movie muggings. Where they're like, "What's this? A picture of somebody you care about? Let me destroy this in front of you." Like, yeah, I don't. I think people trying to get your buddy are are in a hurry. Yeah, you know, they're, say, not, they're uh, in no freaking rush. Like <laughs> guys who don't know him. This is a random act. <laughs> yeah, and a guy like takes an old black and white photo of a of a young woman that he has in there, and he clearly has an emotional attachment to it because of the look of his face when he takes it. He's like, oh, "She's pretty," and then he takes his cigarette and he grinds it out on the photo. What a dick. And I'm like, oh shit, Sam's gonna wear you like a coat. <laughs> yeah, this is basically what lights the match. He just does like, I, he does that classic old man fighting where it just takes a few moves to really knock out about four guys. <laughs> yeah, it, like the, the, it ended uh, quickly and somewhat uneventfully. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, they're all they're all done now. Okay. Well, you know they. He, He's got he's he's got to save up his energy for the rest of the movie, so they kind of wanted to get this over with. Uh, so from there, after that, we cut to a paper boy on his bicycle, and he has one of those like little piece of cardboard between his spokes that makes the flutter noise. I've always wanted to do that. Did you have a bike that did that? Oh, like the baseball card in the spokes yeah. to make it do the thing. Uh, no, but I did do the uh, and you know maybe maybe I just wasn't subscribing to gender norms, but I did put the multicolored beads on the spokes. <laughs> Hey, well, man, you know, like, that's pretty. That's pretty dope too. Yeah, but I had a I had a dope. sweet ass bike. I was just shy, just shy of being Pee Wee Herman because one Christmas I got that bike with the radio on the handlebars. Oh hell yeah! So I got to cruise through the through the neighborhood, blasting "Color Me Bad." <laughs> I was so normy. I always I never got it, but I always wanted a bike that kind of had the plastic extra shit to make it look like a little motorcycle. Oh yeah, those were the best. Oh, I so wanted that as a kid. Instead, I my first bike was actually the tire wheels had little cat paws. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd be into it. It was only cool if it was raining because I was like, "Hey guys, look, look, little cat paws, right there in the mud." <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> now, can I get cat paw tires for my car? 
you know, I got we got to call Goodyear see if they can make us some customs. <laughs> so uh, this uh, paper boy's got a freaking hell of an arm. He he's able to throw the freaking newspaper right up to his little front doorstep. And this is when we see that Sam has a golden retriever, which automatically makes every single person love him even more. Of course, you, you throw an Airbud in there. <laughs> I was kind of hoping Airbud would be even more involved in the movie. You gonna find out Airbud killed Hitler? <laughs> Airbud has done it again. <laughs> so I know I like how the end. It's just him admitting I didn't even actually do it. It was Airbud. <laughs> so uh, what a he's, twist. Uh, He's taking his pill. As, as Airbud's dangling from Bigfoot. The what? As Airbud's dangling from Bigfoot. <laughs> he's like, you've done it again, Airbud. What would I do without you? <laughs> you really saved my bacon that time. <laughs> so, uh, he's probably at this point, he would be like Airbud 4, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's just been using his spawn to help save him in tight spots. <laughs> so uh he's taking his medication he's eating breakfast this is a very actually really awesome like if you have grandparents and they want to see someone that does some of the same stuff they do in the morning this might be a good movie it might inspire your grandparents to go kill bigfoot yeah you know hit up the wilderness do a little hiking climb some mountains you know too so, many uh, retirees don't know what to do with themselves you know <laughs> looking for something go squatching so uh, he's uh, getting ready for a shave, and he sees himself in the foggy mirror, and he starts thinking of stuff again. Do you remember what happens after this? He's in a campfire, I think, right? The he foggy mirror back. is when he th- – uh, it, it reminded him of the uh, the the smoky interaction he had with the French agent. That's... This is the, the special shave scene. Oh, this this is such a weird, like, it's big probably the weirdest part of this scene. movie. It really is, and it's a very confusing, very cryptic scene that they have together. Where, um, and and I, I tried to understand it entirely, but they had um, some kind of premonition. This guy was a sort of somewhat of a somewhat of a uh, clairvoyant, I guess, and he had this like, "I'm gonna shave your face," <laughs> and because uh, apparently it took a very long time to find this guy, and and so young Sam Elliott, yeah, uh, is a. Uh, He's got a full beard because of how long it's taken him to get there. And he pulls out the straight razor. And uh, this is Aiden Turner playing uh, young Sam Elliott, by the way. He was in the the Hobbit films. Oh, okay. Which uh, are just a blur to me, honestly. I never even saw them, to tell you the truth. But should I watch uh, them? I'm not, the, I'm not the guy to talk you into it, honestly. I, okay. I, made it through, I made it through the Lord of the Rings trilogy and then one of the Hobbit movies, and I tapped out. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I'm good. I was never that into Tolkien to begin with. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I stopped at the. I just was like, eh, eh. Well, I think we had like forty straight minutes of dudes singing at the dinner table, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like we could we could wrap this up at this point, right? But uh, anyway, he has a straight razor, and he's gonna be like, I need to shave you, and I need to do it sincerely and honestly. Um, if I nick you, it means you're going to succeed in your mission. And if I uh, if I give you a clean shave. If my hand doesn't shake, if I don't, if I don't draw blood, you're gonna fail. <laughs> Some deep shit, dude. Yeah, and I'm just you know, and I was I was even high, but I was having a hard time following it. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh man, you're gonna let that guy shave you? My best, my favorite part of this scene is this guy goes, he says something that he needs to announce the the he needs to announce that it's a special cha- shave. So he goes, I announce the specialness of this shave. <laughs> <laughs> this is really weird. 
I was like, wow, this is all, it's like you were kind of thinking, oh, this is going to get really magical. But then he says the word specialness and it just loses all its like (laughs) cryptic meaning to me. Anytime someone says specialness, you're (laughs) like, eh, it's not the same now. And you you know, honestly, what what I thought this scene was going to do was give him his mustache. That, yeah. I thought this was like a you know we're doing like a Batman Begins type thing. We're like, oh okay, he's gonna shave his beard into just the Sam Elliott mustache, and that's genius. when he gets his power. That would have been genius because he obviously seems. Um, we kind of see later on, and we'll get there, but he seems to have a reputation for having almost a type of power to him like some kind of legendary power so i thought oh this is like a whole seance that eventually gives him this power and it's all the power of the stash it's like samson it's samson (laughs) elliot (laughs) so uh yeah i think i even wrote after this shave he just he just turns into brandon roth or roth from uh superman (laughs) more or less yeah one of those types yeah he turns into one of those types and uh and so, you know, and I like that this guy calls him Mr. America. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a very somber moment, like most of this movie. But he's just like, I didn't, I didn't mess up, you know. Um, and then he, uh, he reaches behind his ear and he nicks him on purpose. Yeah. And then says, you will, uh, you'll achieve the mission, but you'll be cursed for the rest of your life. Yeah, real dick. Yeah, he's like, nevertheless, you're <laughs> Dick cursed. move. Yeah, I was just like, man, that's messed up, dude. I mean, I just didn't. I would. Oh God, this part was like you said. Like even I was trying. I rewinded it. Um, after after I kind of saw it all the way through that scene, I was like, let me see that again. Maybe there was something that I didn't quite get. But it is a very interesting scene. I think this is probably the one scene that really sticks out out of the rest of the film. Like it's just like it feels like a slightly different kind of movie. <laughs> It really does, and it's uh, it's an odd note to hit suddenly in a movie that doesn't really need this scene. Yeah, I thought we jumped into like a Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it, it's all it's all almost like like you had said about how parts of this feel like a comic book movie. This is like if you've ever watched a, an adaptation of a of a property that you aren't familiar with. Exactly. You know, and there's one of those, like, oh, we're all supposed to know who this guy is. This is like a big fan service thing that he got to meet this guy, just like in the comics. And you're like, I, I don't get this at all. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps saying, like, he's like, you might think you knew me. You might think you knew me. And I was like... Oh, yeah, and they, they do a cheers. They have a drink, and he tells them that it's, uh, that it's gin. And then when he drinks it, it's vodka. <laughs> and he's like, hey, wait a minute, this is a gin. He's like, you might think you knew me. <laughs> trickery is afoot and somebody in the back of the theater is like that's just like in the comic (laughs) so um anyway so all that happens everyone that's a a good scene and uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's good or not but you get to see a guy get shaved and then it seems like (laughs) some uh, people are into that (laughs) yeah some people are I'm sure there is I mean remember Jason goes to hell (laughs) he shaves a guy in that one he does that was weird as shit (laughs) We need more shaving scenes in movies. <laughs> we need more men shaving each other. Yeah. So, um, it's a, that's the opinion of Daniel Segura. <laughs> more men shaving each other in his movies. Quote me on that, baby. That's right. So uh, it seems that uh, Sam Elliott is having some sort of existential crisis or something. We're, we're now back at his house after that weird tent scene. He's looking through a little keepsake box. And then he uh, brings out his uniform and a medal uh, that looks like important. I don't, 
I don't know a whole bunch about military medals, but this one definitely looks very, very important. He looks at it, and then he just throws it in a jar of buttons, shakes it up a little bit, and then puts it back on top of the closet. So um, I guess he just didn't really want to think about any of that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I think we get um, we get an explanation of the mission, the aftermath of the mission later in the film, and I think it kind of fills in. Uh, informs us of why he reacted the way he did to the medal that he received yep exactly and uh and so then he ends up heading out with his dog and you hear on his car radio that there's this guy uh talking about killings going on where a man is leaving a big footprint to cover his crimes or at least this this listener to the radio station felt like that's what was going on so sam elliott sits down and we flash um he ends up getting out of his car he sits down and we're he has another flashback to what looks like maybe the 40s or something and um yeah around then uh, it could be the 30s i don't know is this when he's a one 30s is this when he's dealing with a rock in his shoe yeah (laughs) oh yeah i forgot to say uh yes throughout the movie yeah world war ii was in the early 40s yeah (laughs) it's like a rock in his shoe throughout the whole freaking movie (laughs) yeah i have that in my notes i'm just like we're we're just watching sam elliott deal with a rock in his shoe yeah back at the (laughs) like that's that's the speed of this film he like has to sit down and go ah christ there's a rock in my shoe (laughs) Yeah. Can you believe it, Ralph? And the dog's just... <laughs> and I'm like, is Bigfoot going to come into this movie somewhere? Oh, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, back like at the... The title b- is really selling me on something. <laughs> back at the bar, he ends up ha- feeling like he has a rock in his shoe. And then right about here, he also is starting to, like, shake up his shoe. He's like, what's going on in my shoe, man? <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, he- <laughs> He looks like he used to work. A whole arc dealing with this rock in his shoe. He's like, <laughs> I think there's a rock in my shoe. I'm going to investigate. Well, it, ma- it really does make you feel like this is made for, for older adults because the elderly, I bet you a rock in their shoe takes up like a whole week. Oh, that's an event. It is. <laughs> Remember that? Remember June when I had that rock in my shoe? Oh, it won't stop telling me about it. <laughs> so uh, he's looking. he's looking at a hat store. At some point, and I and uh, he flashes back to when he used to work at this hat store, and this girl walks into um, this girl that's incredibly way taller than him. But I like that they did that because you know tall girls might like girls guys that are shorter than them. You know. Oh, it happens. That, you know, Sam Elliott's short king. That, it's a real uh, it's a real Popeye and olive oil situation. <laughs> She walks into the shop and uh, guess what she's looking for? A fucking hat. He, he actually asks her, well, what, what are you looking for? She's in a hat store, bro. And she says, a fucking hat. <laughs> and, so, and that's when I knew you just she see was his, the one. his mustache just flutters for a second. <laughs> so, uh, he, uh, so then we go back. That was just to sort of introduce that, hey, there's that pretty girl. And she was the same girl in the photo, right? Yes. Yes. So that was the. Kind this is their uh, their meat cute. Exactly. And then we end up going back to where he's on a bench, and he catches something that the wind was blowing down the sidewalk, and he stomps on it and stops it really quick. Turns out it's like a lotto scratcher. So he goes into a mini mart to take it to the cashier and to I guess ask about it. And the cashier says that the person may have thought they lost it, or that they may have thought that they lost, and so they just threw it out. But it actually is a winner for a hundred bucks. So Sam Elliott doesn't want to cash it; he just wants to bring it in. So someone's real character moment. You know, he he wouldn't feel right taking it because he's not the one who scratched it. Yeah, they're trying to give him that honor integrity. You know, this is sort of a, a counterpoint to the f- quarter flipping scene from No Country for Old Men. Exactly, and I gotta say, he's doing pretty good anyway. Like his house is kind of dope, you know. Yeah, he's clearly made a lot of money off of something when he was younger. Yeah, something's made him very 
something got him paid. Something, something he's done. They're taking care of him for. I, I like that. It's a really powerful scene, actually. The the kind of coded language that they're speaking to each other with. Um, at one point, the cashier, you know, uh, he the cashier offers him like a dog biscuit for Ralph since he won't take the, uh, right. the lotto ticket. He's like, well, here, give this to your dog. And and even then, he's like, wouldn't feel right to just take it. I better pay for it. You know, and and begrudgingly, the cashier lets him do that. And he pulls out an old bill, but it's got it's singed. The bill has been burned. That's right. And uh, he explains that the uh, he explains to this young cashier that the, the government burns the old currency so they can make new crisp dollars and, and keep it circulating. And... Uh, and the the, the uh, cashier goes, well, you know, some old ones just hang around. Yeah, and right after that, I stood up and clapped. Absolutely, <laughs> I said, I, I clapped my mustache. <laughs> but that was a really nice scene. I think it really, it's it's just a, such an old school mentality to have that sort of, um, especially the whole thing of you know I better pay for it. You know, I get it. You want to give my dog a treat, but. These are for sale, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for them. And yeah, that whole scene was was pretty awesome. I actually really dug that. This is a very Sam Elliott scene. Oh, very much. So this is where you're really showcasing uh, what Sam Elliott brings to your project. Yep. And uh, and it really you know this kind of highlights you know he is living in a world that no longer has a place for a guy like him. Yeah, that's true. And he's man. feeling like he God, he doesn't deep. fit in anywhere. You know the world's kind of moved on without him. You know he's just an old dude with a rock in his shoe. Give it to me deep, Bobby. So, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So we, uh, so we see Sam Elliott walk into a barber shop, and this is when we meet Sam Elliott's bald ass, non mustachioed brother. And I was really surprised to see comedian Larry Miller. I hadn't seen this guy in a while. I don't know. I, he wasn't so a much style. And I thought when I saw him, I was like, oh, we're going to get the comic relief here. But no, he's just sort of a a tender, sensitive character that you really find endearing. Yeah, it's actually a really good role. He, I thought he, he knocked it out the park, to tell you the truth. And uh, he, he... But yeah, he goes in for his like his regular haircut with his brother, and we find out that the two of them are... I don't want to call them estranged, per se, but you know they don't talk that much. Which is probably more due to, to Sam's... Uh, his PTSD coming out of the, the war. Yeah, it obviously created some... And the fact that I think when you have a, a sibling that leaves when you're young, there's always this weird sort of gap or something like that, you know? I, I believe that. Now, I'm, I'm an eldest sibling of all my half-siblings, and so I never got to have that experience of an older sibling, you know, moving out or going away or anything like that. Uh, what about you? Yeah, sort of. Um... I had a. I have two older sisters. I have an, an older brother and then two older sisters. And my older brother was always kind of around, but my my eldest sister left at college when I was younger, and and yeah, I think it did take a while for us to actually see each other eye to eye, and maybe even still now I'm still sort of just that little brother. But I think it it changes the dynamic big time when all of a sudden they're gone and you're growing up this whole time, and when they see you again, you're just still kind of that kid that was there when you left. Yeah. So it, it does it does definitely affect the dynamic, I think. But I like this scene, though. It, it's kind of good to see them going back and forth and to see that he has somebody around. Because you kind of feel bad for him at first. You're like, this guy's like super freaking lonely. And even though he's not close to his brother, it's just nice to know someone's there. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, with the tone and the speed of this movie, you're like, this is going to end really tragically. Explain this whole, this the war part for me. <laughs> 
I'm trying to remember exactly. It's, it's uh, like he goes into like a war scene, and there's a bunch of dudes, and they bring out this super dope German Shepherd. I remember that. Oh right, right. Yeah, it was like the sad family was giving him the dog. Yeah. Um, because you know he is going uh, undercover. That's right. That's know, right. Okay. Agent Forty Seven style uh, to infiltrate a Nazi base. And so they needed to give him the German Shepherd because that was the kind of dogs that the Nazis were using. That's right. So this this local family who are not affiliated with the Nazis had this very well-trained German Shepherd. And that's why the family looks so sad because they know they're not going to... Chances are there's not going to be a, hey, thanks for letting me borrow the dog. Anyway, here he is. <laughs> they're like, we're saying goodbye to the family pet here. Yeah, he's not necessarily... You know, for, for, the, for the greater good. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to like bring him back. Oh, I, I bathed him real quick before I gave him back to you. <laughs> So he ends up traveling, basically travels through the count, the country, not the country, but through the area with the dog, and uh, it cuts off because um, he ends up running into what looks like Jewish prisoners being led to a, a train that is probably being sent to a concentration camp, right? Absolutely, yeah. And he, um, which is obviously very rough. They they don't really go too deep into the whole World War Two type thing. It's very like surface level because they're just basically trying to show us this the small window into what he did yeah and and honestly we've we've seen so many things and know so many things from that we didn't need to see all that yeah just little yeah it's like the 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 hit you know the main little notes that people understand to kind of help tell that narrative and he ends up running into some guards and he just i love i always love it when you run into some like people of power or guards or and you just kind of show them some paperwork and then they just clear you to head out it's such a classic movie thing (laughs) flash the fake badge real quick and no one really inspects it i think i just tweeted about that that i want to be the guy that walks into a really crazy scene and i'm like oh yeah yes yes i'm I'm here to take care of the situation here's my badge and it's like i always wanted to be that guy (laughs) I've often thought about that, that like, you know, if you got like a hard hat and a clipboard, you could probably walk onto any construction site and get pretty far. And a suit. If you have a hard hat and a suit. Yeah. No one's going to be like, hey, credentials, please. You're good to go. They're going to be like, I'm not going to walk up to this guy. He might fire my ass. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he ends up, oh, so this is when we get back to the scene that we saw earlier when he goes into the Nazi accountant's office and we're back into that room from the beginning. And guess what? It turns out that uh, the man that was in the room was Hitler this whole time. Can you believe it? Holy moly. And actually, this Hitler... Um, <laughs> I feel like when you say this Hitler, like everyone's kind of waiting for what you're going to say. This charming Hitler? <laughs> I feel like this Hitler was more charming than most Hitlers. <laughs> the... Uh... And I think it, it's in service to the story they're trying to tell and the points they're trying to make with this character. But this Hitler felt the most like just a dude. Yes, that's what I was. Trying than any to say. other depiction of Hitler, they usually you know Hitler is usually you know I was going to say for good or for bad. I don't know many movies where it's for good, but Hitler is always depicted as a bigger than life character. Yeah. This looked like someone's and, uncle with a Hitler mustache. Yeah, <laughs> just like a this regular is, guy. Just Uncle Adolf sitting at his desk. <laughs> Reading the funnies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, he, uh, and of course, you know, one of the things I really love about this movie is they made Adolf Hitler kind of walk like he has like the biggest stick up his ass. <laughs> yeah. He's like an awkward man. Yeah, it's very awkward. He walks weird. He goes up to his desk, and it looks like the, um, you know, Sam Elliott's character has a, a message to give him, so he gives him a message. 
and he's, it's a, it's in a big envelope that's been you know wax sealed. Exactly, it looks super important. It's got the maker's mark. <laughs> maker's yeah. mark seal. I thought this was great. I love this scene. Eddie, uh, oh, go ahead. You say this, Bobby. Okay, so so yeah, and you know, he's like very important message to send you. And you know, Hitler grabs the letter opener, he breaks the seal, he pulls out what's inside, and what's inside is an Uncle Sam poster. Hell yeah. <laughs> He looks up and got an incoming America message from the like U.S. of A. Seriously, might as well have the shield break through the glass. <laughs> and you know he has just enough time to be like, "Was is das?" And then, uh, <laughs> you know, with trembling hands, Sam Elliott has uh, has assembled his silenced gun and he just puts a bullet in him. It's not very action movie the way they do it. You know, it's a a very realistic. He you know shoots him in the chest. He kind of jumps in his chair for a second. There's a moment of like, "What just happened?" You know, and he's not—he's not dead. He's just sort of confused. And uh, then they do this cool shot where the camera swings behind the chair as he shoots him right in the face. Yeah, that—that that was actually a super, super epic shot. I—I I, and I'm sure that's been done before, but I really like the way they did that there, where you just go behind that leather chair, and just see that, just like—it's such a good way to show gore without really showing gore. Yeah, just a quick squib on the back of the chair, but it really gets it across. Super effective. And what I thought was most interesting about this was you know we have this very like you know machismo laden action movie you know here's a message from the usa you know one of those types of things but the person administering the the blow is trembling and this experience is traumatizing him he's not being a badass in this moment he hates that he's doing this he doesn't want to do this uh, and you know he's reacting like, "Oh shit, I just killed a man." Exactly. Like, yeah, it's like one of those. He has the skills and the ability to get this done, but it's it's one of those. He's it's a reluctant skill. You know, he doesn't want to use it, but he has to for the sake of everybody. Yeah, like he's trained to be a killer, but his heart isn't one. Exactly. So even though I would have, I would have definitely like lit some fireworks after that, but that's me. <laughs> i would have had some sparklers running out of the room um so we're back uh we're we're back with sam elliott arriving at his house late in the evening after that moment and a car approaches from down his street they turn their headlights off so we know they're dangerous or suspicious sam sits at a little bench taking his shoes off you know very mr robinson's neighborhood and uh (laughs) So, the zoom they zoom in on his shoes, which he once again <laughs> kind of hears something God loose in that shoe there, <laughs> but nothing comes out. So uh, then we find him eating a nice Salisbury steak frozen dinner, which I've had plenty of. And of uh, we flash uh, now we flash back once again to his girlfriend as they're on a date in a very nice restaurant. And it really bothers me, honestly, because I've been to some, there's some really nice restaurants here in L.A., but it really bothered me that they're in a restaurant that's kind of akin to a restaurant I've been in L.A., and just knowing that they're probably paying 10 bucks at the end of that night really bothered me. (laughs) But um, it looks like uh, Sam Elliott is uh, about to uh, propose when all of a sudden um, a drunk dude drunk dude with some chicks just knocks into his table man he's oh god you want to say the line that he says do you remember oh he says something like why'd you move your table in front of us (laughs) or something like that he's like he goes uh hey move your table pal it's in the way of everything (laughs) right right and uh you know to their uh to to her credit his date is uh she chuckles at the situation 
you know, kind of diffuses the embarrassment. Totally. She's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You do. It keeps you from getting too pissed off when, like, your girlfriend's kind of cool about it. She's like, oh, these guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah. And so he uh, he tries again. And, he, and he's, you know, he's trying to get the words out to her. Yeah, he is. He's he's very nervous. And I, I can actually speak to what happens after this is I, I was um, I was with a teacher for a very long time as an adult, not as <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me get this Van Halen records all queued up. <laughs> and uh, part of that was a lot of times we would be out out and about, whether it's the grocery store eating, and all of a sudden some kid that she teaches, their parents would come around, and it's like all of a sudden we're in a parent teacher conference meeting, and we did not ask for oh, this. Oh God! And that's what happens here. Yeah, he's interrupted again, trying to pull the ring out. Yeah, poor guy. And it's uh, rough. What this whole thing Very reminded me of was, uh, I believe it's the Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, <laughs> uh, with Cary Grant and Myrna Loy. Yep. And there's a scene in that where Cary Grant is trying to talk about something very serious, but they're in a very busy restaurant. And every time he starts to speak, someone else is celebrating a birthday. <laughs> And so, you know, that table, you know, the, the wait staff comes out, you know, and, you know, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a because this is, you know, you couldn't use happy birthday at a movie at the time. Um, exactly. And that's uh, a great scene in that old movie because eventually he, like, succumbs to madness and he starts standing up and just singing along every time it happens. <laughs> he's, like, getting really into it and just, like, laughing maniacally. Yeah, that probably would have been me. Uh, but uh but yeah poor peter parker just can't get that proposal he out he's trying so damn hard and unfortunately ash isn't there to help him out so <laughs> so the and then and the dad by the way of the kid is he seems super creepy he's like almost hitting on her and uh and they walk away and Ma- maxine is actually the girlfriend's name i'm not sure if i mentioned but her name is maxine and and uh sam elliott asks um was he asked what's what's higher than a saint and says whatever it is that's you i didn't even know what that meant yeah because he says you're a saint he's like no what's higher than a saint oh okay whatever that is he's like no no a saint it isn't enough you know to, to which you know i don't know the, the game's not working in my for my taste yeah anyway. he's trying a little be t- like you're, you're a saint baby I mean, little did he know that the answer to that question is chuck norris it's true <laughs> it's a completely different stash <laughs> So for some reason he doesn't even end up, it's like because he got interrupted so many times he's like you know what I'm not proposing <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow because he doesn't end up proposing there well I mean I kind of get that though yeah I you know the, the moment the, the mood is kind of ruined now and it's so awkward and you don't want to be like you know in spa- at the end of Spaceballs when like the priest keeps getting in- interrupted and at the end he just goes all right do you yeah do you yeah good you're married kiss her <laughs> and he, he doesn't want to. He, he, you know, at this point, he's so frustrated. It won't, it won't come out the way he wanted it to. Yeah, he seems like a total romantic. Yeah. And so now they're uh, dancing in the in the darkest jazz club I've I've seen in a while, which you gotta <laughs> love. And the cam the camera fades out on a static image on Sam Elliott's present day TV that looks like it's from 1975, even though that's not the year. Which. <laughs> Well, it makes sense for a character like this. He'd, he'd still be watching the same TV for the last couple totally. decades. And we get back to his bedroom where he's uh, he's at that keepsake box again, you know? He didn't actually open it when we saw him before, and 
He clicks it open for a second, then closes it again. He takes out one of his pills from that case that has all the days of the week on it, and he squeezes all the medicine goo out of the pill, which is actually something I've been wanting to do with my vitamin D liquid gels for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he just says, fucking, just dumps all the pills out. He's at that moment in his life where he's like, man, I've done so much. I've lived this long. I didn't get exactly what I wanted to get. I think he has regrets, and it's like, why am I still trying to, like, function? Yeah, it's rough, but um, it makes a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden, he's woken up. He he knocks out. He's woken up by a knock on the door, and there's these two dudes that seem that I obviously from that suspicious car that that we saw earlier that turned their headlights off. These agents are here to talk to him about the killings up north with regards to the situation we, in Canada. Of <laughs> course, of Canada. And we never get their names. These two are credited as Flagpin and Maple Leaf based on the uh, lapel uh, decorations that they have. Uh, Flagpin is Office Space's Ron Livingston. I love it. I loved that. I was like, man, it's Special Agent Ron Livingston. <laughs> and he's only got one piece of flair. <laughs> I love that, man. I love the names, too. It's such a, like, comic book thing. <laughs> Flag pin. <laughs> but, yeah, we, he lays out uh, the scenario we got here, and uh, and this is kind of uh, uh, prescient to current situations. Because totally. we discover that the Bigfoot is running around acting a fool, but he's he's got the Rona, you guys. Bigfoot got the Rona. And that's basically what it comes down to is he's got this uh, this infectious disease that's been uh, affecting the local wildlife, and they're worried that it's going to very rapidly spread through humanity if uh, if we do not take out the Bigfoot. Yeah, it's becoming pretty serious because apparently this this version of the Rona that Bigfoot has is like freaking like the worst you know worst virus ever. I think they called it the Nightmare Plague, which is holy yeah. shit. So, yeah, Man. people are starting to get sick and dying really, really fast. And um, apparently they find out that Sam Elliott is actually immune to the virus. The government happened to have some some of his blood in refrigeration for some reason. You got to love the good old government. Which I love that he was like, why do you have my blood? And they're just like, ha, ha, uh, you know, we, we, we found some. <laughs> you know, like they don't want to tell him. <laughs> and, uh... It looks like he's only one of three that could help them, and um, Sam Sam Elliott's the only one that actually remains from that one of three. So the men that have gone into the the men that have actually gone into that danger zone, which is the, which I really love the danger zone. You know, you can't help but hear the song in your head. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the men that have come from there die, <laughs> and a bunch of them are they either die or they come with nothing. So it looks like the government's ready to to possibly drop the bomb on that bitch. But they prefer to send in this super old man to see if he can get figure this shit out first. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, it looks like um, oh, and then uh, you actually hear them. They mentioned that they saw him beat up those thugs like the other night when when in the very beginning of the movie, right? I, yeah, because uh, you know the thugs ran up on him on foot, but but we saw the car. That's right. So he was being tailed to begin with, but they just kind of sat back and went, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And uh, and I imagine they, they probably cleared out those unconscious thugs, too, <laughs> men in black style, so that, you know, the cops weren't going to come looking for Sam Elliott. Yeah, they MIB'd him when they started coming, too. <laughs> <laughs> they got their memories erased. <laughs> so um, this is when you find out that, um, what is his name, American Pen, or what is it? 
Flag pen. Yeah, flag pen. <laughs> American pen. Office pen. That flag pen actually had a grandfather that was slowly going senile <laughs> over time. And he was talking about this this guy that was just super awesome, I guess, that he had he he had a big impact on the war on World War Two. Yeah, basically his his grandfather was Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> and Bucky wouldn't stop talking about Steve. <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> yeah, so so Flagpin's the, the winner grandson. <laughs> the winner grandson. <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, so it looks like Flagpin is the winner grandson, and and so Sam Elliott, <laughs> you know, eventually admits it. Like, yeah, that was me, man. Like the Germans moved a lot, and he moved with them. He shadowed them as they moved across their lands, and he followed them until the time was right, until he knew where he was, and that was, you know, the lands. Because that was the real special skill that Sam Elliott had. Uh, it was that he was a tracker, yep. like an expert at tracking people down. He's an expert tracker, expert mustache grower. Absolutely. (laughs) Track that mustache. Apparently the Germans actually covered it. This is when we find out the Germans covered up what Sam Elliott did because what it looks like is that by the time he had got to – this was the Adolf Hitler and he may have killed this guy. He may have killed this miserable man. But his words had grown beyond him, and his ideas continued to do damage beyond his own life, and it was unstoppable, is what he says. And so basically, they came out with um, phonies, like look-alike versions of Adolf Hitler, and that's the one that we all yeah, know like, of that uh, died in killing himself, basically, right? It's like Saddam Hussein having having his uh, doppels, his dupes. Um, this also kind of reminded me a little bit, uh, in a number of ways, this actually reminded me of Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep? No. Have you ever seen that? Oh, that is a Don Coscarelli movie, the guy who did Phantasm. It stars uh, Ash himself, Shit, Bruce Campbell. I need to watch that one. Uh, the idea that the uh, the the Elvis that we knew that the way he died uh, is uh, before all that happened. Uh, Elvis actually wanted out of the limelight, and he swapped identities with one of his impersonators. <laughs> Holy shit! And so the one that died on the toilet. Uh, was actually an Elvis impersonator. Real Elvis is actually convalescing in a Texas nursing home. And the uh, the only person who actually believes his claim that he's the real Elvis is a guy who thinks he's JFK. And uh, the guy who thinks he's JFK is played by Ozzie Davis. <laughs> oh, the Ozzie Davis. Yeah, and they're like, you know, he's like, they dyed me this color. <laughs> he's like, they replaced part of my brain with a bag of sand. And, um... Well, anyway, uh, long story short, a mummy shows up to the nursing home because it feeds on old souls. They've got more to offer, you know, because they've lived. And it's up to Elvis and JFK to save the nursing home from a mummy. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to watch this movie. Dude, this sounds epic. But the but the idea that, like, you know, the story that you think you know was actually not even the real guy, you know? Oh, my God. I'm definitely going to check that out. Everyone check that out. All, all five of y'all listening to this, check that out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> five of y'all, two of which are us. Two of which are us after this, <laughs> once it's loaded up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a little aside because it, it it felt you know we're also dealing with like being very Super old dope. and feeling like you have no place anymore. It's like a double feature, I think, actually. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting to think that uh, you know he, you know and he says that uh, what I did that day didn't mean a damn thing. You know, it's nothing like the comic book you want it to be, because you know, 
he shot this guy and, you know he went into this mission thinking that it was going to end the war you know inglorious bastard style that's it you know you cut the head off the snake and instead it changed nothing exactly because he's as he says like hitler was just a costume yep and he even tells like he even tells uh flagpin like are you happy <laughs> yeah and so then flagpin's like so are you gonna help us and sam elliott's like nope get the hell out and they <laughs> he's like i'm tired you have made me talk about shit i don't want to talk about i hate y'all get the hell out of my freaking house so he kicks him out and i get that and now Samuel Sam Elliott's standing by a very lovely green refrigerator, by the way. And uh, <laughs> quality, we, we see that as he steps into his kitchen after uh, after they leave, he's now flashing back to when he left to go fight in the war. His uh, his little nerdy brother. He's you know he's just a little. He's got glasses. He's got a little dinosaur. He actually kind of reminds me of me when I was little because I had tons of dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> gives him a, a little dinosaur keepsake to take with him to the war. So this is when we see that he had left when his brother was pretty damn young, like probably like what six or seven or something. Yeah, I put him around six. And uh, he, um, and so then I guess thinking about this, he calls his his brother, but then just hangs up on him. So he, he just prank called his brother after having a good memory of him. Yeah, and uh, kinda, but obviously it's say. because he's he's having. Uh, there's just that weird distance between them, right? You know, it's just one of those things. It's like he wants to talk to him, but he doesn't know how. He's got a lot of stuff on his mind and on his chest to talk about. And um, now he knows about this crazy Corona Bigfoot. So things are getting kind of pretty hardcore for Sam Elliott right now. This is an older gentleman having to deal with, like, all this shit going on. And so his brother ends up calling him, right, like, a little bit later while he's trying to go to sleep. He's like, hey, bro, did you call me? <laughs> And he talks to his brother about um, uh, what the government wants him to do. And he lets his brother know that they want him to, to kill the Bigfoot. And what I really like about this is that his brother doesn't like, wait, what? Or what the fuck are you talking about? Like his brother's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, kill the Bigfoot. I get it. Yeah, this universe kind of just all knows about yep. the Bigfoot. We agree. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not, there's no such thing as the big, no, everyone's just like, yeah, the Bigfoot's running around in Canada. <laughs> Damn Bigfoot. Fucking Bigfoot. Wrecking everything. Remember that time he started that forest fire? That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, it's really, it's really fun. Oh, hey, you know what, Bobby, I wanted to ask you, what is your, um, I don't know if this is too deep of a question. I, I kind of think of us as friends, but I feel like this is something you ask somebody that you're comfortable with. What is? Hey, pump the brakes, pal. <laughs> I know, that's true. I don't consider anyone a friend until I've smelled them. Now, you cut out a bit there, so what, what were oh, you saying? Oh, I was asking, um, what is your opinion on, on, on the Bigfoot? What is your belief? Uh, as much as I would like to believe in the Bigfoot, it's there's no Bigfoot. Oh. Honestly, I mean, I, I know, dude. I know. I'm all, I'm really, I'm actually way into cryptids. I love that shit. You know, <laughs> uh, the Loch Ness Monster, the Mothman, the Jersey Devil, yeah. the whole deal. Um, but uh, we have such technology now, and we have obliterated so much foliage in this world yeah. <laughs> that, like, we're just, you know, we're just cutting down acres of, of, of trees, and we have drones. If it was out there, we'd have well, found here's it. The, you know, there's here's the problem, Bobby. The Bigfoot is multidimensional. That's the trick. <laughs> he bobs and weaves. See, that's 
that's the key. <laughs> if anyone wants to, I, I I I haven't really defined my opinion on the Bigfoot. I think there is definitely there are definitely things that can come in and out of our reality. That is my opinion. If that's necessarily what we've pegged as a Bigfoot, then that's what we've pegged it. But I actually really liked. Um, there's this podcast called Astonishing Legends. And they did a really good job covering the Bigfoot. I think they have like a four-episode thing on him. And they go over the Patterson-Gimlin film, and they even speak to one of the guys at the very, very end. And it's a pretty epic, awesome way to cover it. They do it very neutral, too, which I really like. So it's a little That's pretty cool. Like, it's not not a bunch of people slagging uh, people who believe in this sort of thing. They just kind of discuss it. Yes, it's just very just discussing it, speak to people on both sides. It's, It's just a really cool cool way to cover it but anyway um i just wanted to ask you about that but so so it looks like uh um he is uh now with a bunch of dudes in corona suits <laughs> yeah everyone's kind of a, it looked like they're capturing et <laughs> yeah everyone's in their big white hazmat suits except him because yeah, he's immune he so he's just, sort of, he's just sort of walking he's through like all your friends that have gotten the rona and now feel invincible <laughs> exactly he, he's on spring break just he's like, walking around up? But this is this kind of hammers home that whole like this feels like Wolverine. Totally, thing. it does. It's like this whole military thing. It's like Wolverine and X Files together. Yeah, definitely. It's like Wolverine showed up on an episode of the X Files. <laughs> so, so they tell him that they're uh, they're near the dead zone, which is why now they have like this big old like fire ring, I guess, around the perimeter or around that perimeter to kind of stave off the virus. And um, they take him into this all-white sort of matrix room with weapons. And he it's really awesome because all he's like, I'll take that gun. I'll take that scope. This knife. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> this massive armor. He's just like, yeah, just, just this and this. Huh? I don't need that nonsense. <laughs> it was epic, man. What I really like is after this, this shit can Because you're, you're thinking at this point, everyone... If you've watched this movie or if you're going to watch this movie at this point, you're like, where, what is, okay, when are we going to get to the Bigfoot? Man, they get going now quick we're as we're going to track the Bigfoot, right? That's the next scene. We're going to get it. We're gonna, he's going to, you know, the helicopter is going to drop him off in like a field and he's going to set off into the Canadian wilderness and we're going to be, you know, getting low to the ground and figuring out, <laughs> nope. This is like your cocaine guy's like, no, no, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. He's in the woods and he's shooting Bigfoot in the face. <laughs> Yeah, we cut immediately to Bigfoot taking a bullet to the eye. <laughs> just like it literally is just like, okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's awesome. He just hits him right away. We're just in the middle of a shootout. He shoots his <laughs> and uh, he's chasing after the Bigfoot, but he the Bigfoot kind of makes him go a different direction, and he ends up falling really bad. Breaks his pinky. He snaps it back in place like a badass. I'm figuring like my like at that when I'm that age, my bones are just gonna turn into dust when I freaking break my fingers, like guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's on a walkie-talkie now, and he lets them know that they ask him like, "Have you?" Got, and they're so nonchalant about it. What a bunch of assholes! Like, hey, have you gotten the Bigfoot yet? I mean, this guy's a seventy-something-year-old man. Give him give him some time. Shit. For real. <laughs> God. So he lets them know that, well, I haven't gotten him yet, but he, I did get him in the head. And he, they let him know that time's running out, so apparently he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a whole bunch of time to be able to get this Bigfoot. But, uh, you know, 
he is uh oh and then uh doesn't he say something about a line like he doesn't even have that big f- feet of he doesn't even that big of feet either yeah his feet aren't even that big don't really know why we call <laughs> him that. Really living up to his name <laughs> i love that yeah and this this bigfoot i mean we haven't gotten a real good look at him yet you know but uh he's he's uh he hardly looks like a bigfoot this is like a weird planet of the apes thing yeah like i've expected like harry you know from the hendersons or like the the jack link sasquatch yeah he looks like harry the hendersons if he got like rabies and lost a lot of weight you know right but then again you know if if bigfoot has the nightmare plague it, bigfoot looks like the plague has been ravaging him like bigfoot's yeah, sick yeah he's like a sick bigfoot <laughs> yeah yeah, totally. He did, he really did a good job of of making it seem like oh yeah he's definitely not well, uh, and you'll see that pretty soon. He ends up seeing a nice, really nice um, CGI moose dead by a river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very uh, very it CGI. Was like... It was odd for something that doesn't move. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know why it needed to look so much like a screensaver for something that is stationary. What the fuck, we end up in a PS4 game. <laughs> so he walks through some plants in the wetlands, um, which I really like where they shot. I'm not sure where they... Do they shoot this in Canada? It's really I think so. dope. I love the, the environment that they're in. And he sees the footprints and he picks up some stuff and he just says, Poultice. I had no idea what that was. Did you know what that was? I, I didn't like, know that what? one. Yeah, I was like, man, that's a that's a tracker speak. Total thing. tracker I don't speak. Know. So I googled that. It turns out, I you know, I was never a Boy Scout or nothing. So I don't know about that shit. But it's basically like plant based band aid for to aid soreness and wounds and stuff like that. Oh, okay. See, I was only a Boy Scout for about three weeks, <laughs> so I didn't uh, I didn't get to that part before I before I got mad and rage quit the you Boy rage Scouts. quit the Boy Scouts. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, they, you know, I was, uh, I was bored, and so I was, uh, I was whittling a stick, <laughs> and uh, one of my fellow scouts came up. He's just like, you know, you can't do that, right? And I'm just like, you know, uh, I think I am doing that. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes like, you haven't earned your totem chip yet to do that. And, you know, as well as man, you guys oh. are lame. <laughs> kind of moments and then you know the rest of the day i was we're doing like trust falls they're like trust your fellow scout i'm like i never met you i don't trust any of you guys so it was i think it's really my fault i was just not willing to to open up my problem was that so in san antonio when you we have the fiesta every single year it's like the biggest thing throughout the city they have the the boy scouts pick up all the poop from the horses so growing up at a young age, not that my dad would have even put me in that stuff, but growing up at a young age, I think it maybe came up at school. And I was like, hell no, I don't want to pick up horse shit like during a fiesta. <laughs> so, right. So it's kind of ruined for me at a young age. So anyway, it turns out that's what that stuff is. And he finds some poop and he smells that as well. And he's like, vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> So the freaking the freaking Bigfoot's a goddamn hipster, and you gotta love it. And I'm bummed because I was saying that I was bummed because I was kind of hoping he was really at least enjoyed a little bit of meat from time to time, you know? Like, I just feel like it makes him less ferocious if he doesn't eat a little bit of meat. <laughs> right. So, I was like, oh man, Bigfoot's God a vegan. So, so Sam Elliott's now resting in a cave. 
and this owl just pops in to say, "Yo, what's up, dog?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you Sam Elliott? Shit, it's Sam Elliott. He's in my kid. Can I get a picture? <laughs> when my grandma One, two, hears three, about say this, tombstone. And uh, <laughs> so, so uh, he still happens to have his little brother's dinosaur, um, which I think has honestly been with him this whole time because it helps him get through a lot of this. Um, this guy's been through some pretty heavy shit. So rushing back again, and all of a sudden he's he's reading a letter from his girlfriend before he left. That uh, right, that yeah. um, that Maxine had left him. And it looks like she had actually left town. Um, she had actually left town uh, to be closer with her family, and this was all while he was gone. So young Elliot puts the letters from her in the trash for some reason. I guess it really freaking. I guess he was just ready to let go of all of that, and he was done with all that for now. Yeah, and which makes sense. It sounds like he's. It seems like he has major baggage about that whole decision that he made back then. So he never actually reached back out to her, which which really sucks. But we're back. It fits yeah. the character, though. This is a character who hangs up on his brother because he doesn't know what to say. You know, it's he's very much a he's very much an introvert he, <laughs> and very yeah, socially awkward. Yeah, it's like you make that decision and you just decide to go with it because you're just not going to turn back. You know, it's like those kind of personalities. And we're we're back watching a seventy something year old man climbing a damn mountainside, which is absolutely amazing to me. And uh, oh, yeah. he tracks the injured Bigfoot to the top of the of the mountain, and it looks like he may already be dying because the Bigfoot is like breathing hard, and he's just kind of like full shit. And well, I mean, he's already been <laughs> shot in the head once. <laughs> he's actually, you know, the Bigfoot's actually pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty durable, durable thing. <laughs> and uh, he kind of has that sort of, um, he kind of has that like he's about to like start the reactor. So I kind of. <laughs> kind of breathing <laughs> yeah i was hoping this is when we get a big monologue from the bigfoot <laughs> he's like it would be <laughs> just like as he's as he's like. bleeding out he's just like one more thing i've meant to tell you and <laughs> just as the music swells <laughs> thousands of years ago oh that would have been so epic and we get a flashback of bigfoot during <laughs> world war ii I was there that day. I saw what you did. Fighting alongside you, and you had no idea. <laughs> I was disguised as a German soldier. So, uh, <laughs> we've. I was of the Wehrmacht. We've long been distant, destined for this battle. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we needed we that. Scene. That would have been epic. Instead, we just really get to see a much skinnier and shittier-looking Bigfoot that I think anybody was going to expect, because this is when you get the most, like, look at him, right? <laughs> he is sick as yeah. fuck, man. And you're like, you're not looking good, Foot. He was looking rough as hell, and uh, so he's he's going to go give this Bigfoot. It looks like he, because he, it looks like, and honestly, it looks like he's going to be going out, so he starts to set up a little Viking funeral for him. He puts all this stuff around him, and... And because it's kind of a yeah. callback like a, to uh, the, the speech about the money and the way that the America burns these things. Uh, and he's like, I can't let them have you. You know, because he knows they're going to experiment on his body and they're going to do a bunch of shady shit. Yeah. And so he's going to burn the body instead of bringing yeah. it back. You know, I didn't even make that connection. Thank you, Bobby. God damn it. Just, just so. Yeah. I'm here to go deep, Dan. <laughs> but no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. But you know what? 
you know when this movie this is why this movie is for people like bobby and people like me because while he's uh getting ready to burn up this uh this bigfoot bigfoot pops up out of nowhere he's got a second win baby <laughs> oh my god sits up like the undertaker but yeah, he, he as he's reaching to uh, to set him on fire, he starts to burn him a little bit. The fur starts to singe, and he just kind of you know throws a haymaker suddenly. And I laughed out loud when this happened. <laughs> Same here, man. <laughs> just suddenly, ah, punch! <laughs> and Bigfoot goes running, and Sam Elliott falls to the ground. Throws, he hits his like gun out of his head. He starts going full UFC on this old man, like just goes full UFC on him. The- oh yeah, we get a full mount, you know, like you know, <laughs> referee Herb Dean would have called get this the thing by now. Ground and pound, Bigfoot style. It's a lot of Absolutely. back and forth, and Sam Elliott, when he's when he's on top of Sam Elliott, he's just kind of pounding on him. Sam Elliott gets his knife and just stabs the Bigfoot on the side, and this was very unexpected because the movie hadn't been very gross or grotesque or anything like that or gory too much freaking bigfoot because he's sick he just vomits shit like it kind of reminded me of this one time i got super drunk on crown royal and then i ate half a box of captain crunch with crunch berries oh god it's exactly how it looked dude it was just like pink milky just hot sauce oh yeah yikes it was legendary baby Good lord! And had you pinned an old band to the ground? Actually, before I, I you think I threw going? up on my friend's Rottweiler. <laughs> oh no! Oh, he loved it. So uh, <laughs> tail was wagging and everything. Hype about it. It's a dog. So anyway, <laughs> so the so oh, this is when he Tyson's him out because doesn't the Bigfoot just totally rip his ear off? Oh man, he does. He absolutely does. It just completely maims him. Uh, and so uh, it, does, he also breaks Man, his it's arm. It's rough. It's a tough battle. And we get the full on like you know like the palm thrust to the elbow <laughs> kind of like he kind of Bruce Lee's his ass. It's really it was it was a bit too controlled for yeah. a while there. Like, honestly, the he kind of like Bigfoot learned like kung fu and shit. <laughs> yeah, like this, thing, this shit's doing martial arts and projectile. Like, was vomiting. he watching movies in people's homes and kind of figuring it out? I think so. I think so. Well, you know, when, when, when John Lithgow brought him in, he spent a lot of time in the living room <laughs> e- eating filet fish and watching TV. Sense, no. I saw that movie, the prequel to this. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons 2. <laughs> and so, uh, so all this comes to an end where um, it looks like Sam Elliott is pretty fucked up. Uh, understandably after that battle and we're now at, we're, it's crazy so we blink and we're now at a funeral and his younger brother's talking about him and giving his speech um, and he gives him a very, very nice, nice. I didn't write anything down did you write anything down <laughs> but it's nope very, it's but it was very, very nice. nice and we're at the barber shop now and uh, this dad is talking to him about his about his um, is it about his oh this dad that's there with because he's cutting a uh, his son's getting a haircut because there's a big uh, exactly. school play that night. And the dad just starts talking about asking him about his brother. And this is funny because it's the same dude. I think it's the same dude that played the dad in that flashback when he was young, right? I think he's I the same guy that. that plays the parent of the student that his uh, girlfriend was. That, that Those parents that come through and start bothering them. I think it's the same guy. I'm not 100% sure, but. Oh, cool. Doesn't even fucking matter. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I think they really were like these uh, small towns. Bring in this fucking dude to make his hair look modern. So uh, <laughs> they just yeah, must his hair up a little bit. Like, you're a different a character little, now, just, you know. So now the the younger brother's fishing, and it looks like uh, Sam Elliott like faked his death. Is that what we're doing with this? Uh, no. Um, the idea was that uh, you know, they had done. He had been missing. Mm-hmm. I think is the idea. And you know, if you're missing for a certain amount of time, you get declared oh. dead. I thought about this too because I'm like. Because there seems to be no repercussions for him faking his death. I'm like, you don't get to just go home <laughs> if you faked your death. You don't just, like, hey, roll well, back, back into everybody. town. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think the idea, we don't really discuss it in the film, but I think the idea was he was declared dead because no one found him after oh. a certain amount of time. And then he See, just I thought he was, up. like, trying to get the government off his back. Like, that's the last thing I'm going to do for the government. Yeah, that was my first thought, too. But, like, none of this epilogue uh, would true. work. <laughs> if you were uh, if you were in hiding, you couldn't like go to a school play, and you couldn't you know hang out with your brother, and then walk back into your old house and pet your dog. You know it doesn't like you're on the lamb if you faked your death. You're bringing it, you if you're shaving you that mustache, they, uh, name- and and you know and Sam Elliott will be buttered and fucked if he's gonna <laughs> shave that mustache. Do you think they uh, named a hamburger off of it after him when he died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the bar burger. <laughs> Uh, that actually sounds pretty good. So, uh, doesn't Sam? I, they're at the theater but, uh, now, right? Or don't they go to like a play? Yeah, Sam comes to the school play, you know, to see his uh, see his nephew or his niece yeah, his perform because his niece is the butterfly in the school play, and uh, he keeps interrupting it because he can't sit still and he's fidgety. He's thinking about some things because in lieu of a body, uh, a bunch of his personal belongings That's got right. buried. Including that box he kept looking into. Yeah, we hadn't seen him look into that box quite yet. And he actually ends up giving his brother back that dinosaur. I think he was done with fighting. And uh, it was time to give his brother back that memento. Yeah, it was very. Uh, it was a symbolic gesture and a really sweet moment between these two characters. You know, that, like, I don't need this anymore. You yep. can have it back. And, uh, and it, you know, and they don't have to say anything about it. They just kind of nod yeah, to each other. understanding there. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, I really liked this scene like quite a bit. And he's also showing his weird, you know, INFP tendencies too, where he's just sort of like uh, he's leaning over while the while the niece is running around as a butterfly. He's just like, you know, butterflies are out of season; they'd all be dead right now. <laughs> and his brother's looking at him like, Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> but yeah, he asks if he buried uh, that one box, and he goes, "Yeah, I am. I'm so sorry." Like he wasn't yeah. thinking. You know, exactly. that he'd see yeah. him again. Now, now it's all making sense to me, man. God, I invited the right person. This is, you know, I'm a damn good host. I know who to bring in to make movies make sense. You are. You are. That's, you know, that's key to a good podcast is knowing <laughs> who to bring on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, we end up flashing back uh, to young Sam Elliott again. He's walking with his girlfriend, Maxine, and they're just talking or whatever. And I, um, I prefer when George and Mary were walking together singing Buffalo Girls, but, you know. Whatever. <laughs> so he asked Maxine to drive him to the station because I'm um, guessing that's the night before he's going to head out to war. And she says no because she's yeah. she's happy right now and tomorrow she won't be, right? And so she says rather than have a big goodbye, here's what I want to do. Uh, when we get to your house, I'm just going to keep on walking. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come back when you're going to come back. But to me, you just stop to tie your shoe. 
And so he even goes so far as to kneel down to tie his shoe when they get to that point. And, uh, and he pulls out the ring one more time because he's already on his knee. But she doesn't turn around. She keeps walking. Uh, it's just touching. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's like when, when, you know, Captain America never got that dance. Yeah, you know? it's a lot like that, actually. I would have been like, hey, bitch! <laughs> Whoa. And then they just the credits roll. <laughs> it's a, it just cuts to black. Let me be your husband, girl! She spins around like, she spins around like, what the fuck? And then just is directed by. I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. So, um, so now, <laughs> but yeah, this is a real heartbreaker is, of a movie, man. For, for all that the title told you, Sam Elliott was going to fight Hitler <laughs> and a Bigfoot. He made, and then they made all of that depressing. How they, how they freaking did that to me, man, because I was really hoping this was going to be this insane freaking cartoonish movie. But then once I started seeing Sam Elliott and I started seeing his demeanor, I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those movies that's going to make me feel stuff. Shit. And it does, man. Like, it this shouldn't it work. It shouldn't. But it, it does. does. Yeah, it totally does. But we should, uh, we should, we should finish out the plot, though. The last thing we see, excuse me, is uh, he goes to his own grave and he digs up his his <laughs> coffin. Awesome! I would love to do that. <laughs> just by himself, one dude, just middle of the night. Sam Elliott, eighty-five <laughs> years old, <laughs> goes out there, digs up his own coffin, grabs that box, he unlatches it real quick to look at it. Uh, we don't see what's yeah. inside. You know, it's very, it's very much like the Pulp very Fiction much. briefcase. Um, but uh, he he verifies that the thing that's in there is still in there, and then he latches it shut, and he takes off with it. Yep. He... So I guess in I guess in the sequel we're gonna deal with uh, <laughs> the fact that somebody came along that graveyard later the next day and saw that someone had <laughs> dug up that coffin. <laughs> Like, oh shit, man! I'm gonna get you know, the, fired. Yeah, the the groundskeeper goes, "What the <laughs> foot in the credits roll?" So uh, he even says something like, "Maybe tomorrow I'll open it." You know, I think he's talking to his dog. Maybe his dog's with him. Yeah, yeah, his and, dog was uh, with him. Then they head back home, and he guess what? Everybody, he feels that rattling in his shoe. <laughs> he ties it, takes it off, and to see what's going on in that damn shoe, something falls out. It turns out it's just a pebble. It's Hitler. <laughs> oh, he's like, thought you could get rid of me so easily. <laughs> oh man, that stinger at the end. It was something. <laughs> I come for you, little puppy. <laughs> and Sam Elliott goes, "What the?" F-? And then it cuts All to credits. <laughs> And, uh... But no, 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 no. <laughs> Is that the end of the movie? Yeah, he finally gets that rock <laughs> out of his shit. Man, I didn't even... <laughs> I was like, my notes ended. <laughs> like, all this other shit happened, but really it was about Sam Elliott trying to get a rock out of his <laughs> That's shit. That's some shit I would write. <laughs> so, uh, uh. now before we get to writing this movie, let me just say that there were some very memorable characters in this movie... Well, you know, not so much, but mostly, you know, there was a few, and it's time for quick impressions. Quick impressions. Hereby, I announce the specialness. 
shape cannot be perfect. Only God is perfect. If it's perfect and I don't cut you, then you'll fail and you'll die. If I make a mistake and I draw blood, then he will succeed and you'll live. But I cannot try to make a mistake to influence or sway the final outcome. Or we both will be cursed. Hereby I announce the specialness. The shave cannot be perfect, only God is perfect. If it's perfect, then I don't cut you. Then you'll fall, then you'll die. If I make a mistake, I draw blood. Then you will succeed and you'll live. But I cannot try to make a mistake to influence or sway the final outcome, or we both will be cursed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. Hell yeah. That was ridiculous. Okay, so it's time it's time to talk about what we think about this movie. Um Bobby, I rank these movies by um by mustache. Fu Manchu is great, walrus mustache is good, horse horseshoe mustache is eh, and toothbrush mustache, which actually makes an appearance in this movie, is hell nah. Uh, that's very fitting. That's very fitting. But uh, honestly, I give this a full. You gave uh, it a full match. <laughs> I loved this. I thought this was great, and I think it's because it really uh, subverted my expectations. Like it was, I I was going into expecting one thing. I got something completely different. Um, I don't know if this is the kind of movie like I'd watch a ton of times though, because it is very downbeat. It is very slow. And it's very sad, <laughs> honestly. And I don't know. I was just in the right mood for that, I guess. But I was just like, "Damn, this is this is really this is really touching me." You know, <laughs> like it was really pulling on my heartstrings. I felt for uh, for poor Sam Elliott having to having to kill Hitler and the Bigfoot when he wants to kill no one. <laughs> I could I could feel that you and, felt uh, it. Yeah, you 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 heard my it. heart beating all the like way from over here. Trying to bring feelings into my freaking podcast. Who the fuck invited <laughs> Felix? trying to do a show about goddamn mustaches and you're over here talking about your feelings <laughs> but uh yeah I, I may have had to dry a tear from the tip of my mustache uh i only hope that i am as uh i'm as quietly badass as sam elliott when i'm old and lonely <laughs> sad walking around with a rock in my shoe god damn it it's all it's all welling up again that damn rock in the shoe <laughs> I need a minute. I'm sorry. Please, what did you well, think, Dan? I love your take. I honestly, I rank this movie as a walrus mustache. It's, it's you know, it's right. it's not. It's an awesome watch, actually. You know, I I think it's a. It's just. It's a movie title and overall essence that that kind of makes me wish that it was a little more fun and a little more outlandish. I wanted sort of a. Not the most crazy comic book stupid because we've all seen it when a movie tries to go too comic booky or too crazy. It just like kind of like I don't know if anyone's seen the Spirit, but the Spirit is a perfect example of when you just like create a giant mess by trying to make things too comic booky and outlandish. I just feel like um, absolutely, you know, you you got Sam Elliott, you got him killing Nazis, you got you know, you got. I would have loved it if he was 
if he if we had some time with the Nazis, but then all of a sudden he's going against the whole family of Bigfoots. I would have been in on that. Maybe he partners with the younger Bigfoot. Maybe the younger Bigfoot, the little son Bigfoot, doesn't like the big dad Bigfoot that's killing all these people. So he's got to partner with them to kill the dad. Like that would have been epic. <laughs> oh so man. You know, like at the end of Predator 2 when Danny Glover meets yeah. the other Predators? Yeah, why could we have mixed it up a little bit? Like him bit. like a gun. <laughs> but anyway. <Yeah. laughs> like, I mean, that's a great idea. Like, you, you meet a whole clan of Big Feet. <laughs> is that what it is? You call them Big Feet as a clan? <laughs> I don't know. What is the what is the pl- the appropriate pluralization of Bigfoot? Because foot sounds I think no matter weird. what, it's always Bigfoot. Because the, ter- all right, the word is Bigfoot. Yes. That's a proper name. So is it? It would be the Bigfoots if you're naming the family. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're naming the families, the Bigfoots. Or, or is this like a like a Highlands thing? Is it like the Clan Bigfoot? I I think so. Well, that's a very different movie. That sounds like a very that's an exploitation film. What if, Bigfoot joined the yeah, Clan? Yeah. What if the to... Bigfoot was actually fighting for Hitler after all these years? <laughs> oh man, this is like Spear of Destiny shit. Like Hitler's scientists have trained an army of Bigfoots. Yeah. See, see how fun this could have been. Instead, it made us sad. <laughs> All the things you could have done, but that you know, that's yeah, that's kind of what what I enjoyed was like. I think, like, they knew we were all expecting something wacky. And, like, the gag ended up being that we actually hit you with, like, a sad yeah, character Yeah, no, you're piece. actually very right. I think that was the spin on it. And the fact that, hey, they had Sam Elliott do it. And I don't know if Sam Elliott's done a lot of silly films. He's done some comedies, but he's almost always a pretty stoic kind of guy. It makes sense that he would be in a movie like this and they weren't going to try to make it overly, like, over the top, you know? Well, of course, but I'll tell you this: if you, if they hadn't been able to get Sam Elliott and his mustache, uh, you no, don't have this right. movie. Like this is not anywhere near the success that it was. If you don't have his ability, but you know what? My version, I would have just casted Jerry Stiller while he was alive. <laughs> would have been epic. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. And he wrestles Bigfoot to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, thank you so much, Bobby. Um, do you have anything to plug? This was for a pleasure. Well, I mean, I, I assume anyone listening to to your show here, Daniel, knows that you have appeared on our show several times, and will coming up as well. Uh, our you know uh, our show, uh, Daniel's regular <laughs> hangout is the Grind Bin. Uh, if you like this show, you'll like ours. We focus on uh, grindhouse exploitation films, you know, from uh, the thing, the films that led to that era, and the films that resulted from that era, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's available everywhere. Fine Hell podcasts. Yeah. And are sold. you know what? I honestly think of my podcast as a sister show because what I found out from Bobby actually a few days ago was that apparently, and no, not even apparently, it, this happened. Chris uh, Chris Hughes, who is a former host, uh, RIP, of of the of the grind. He's not really <laughs> yeah. dead, everybody. Uh, yeah. I should I should let anyone who is not in on it that he's not really <laughs> yes, he's dead. Not really he just dead. left the show, <laughs> and so but we refer to him he, as the late Chris Hughes. He had actually uh, mentioned about there should be a podcast about. I wish we had a clip to show. Maybe I'll dig it up and I'll put it right here. But he says there should be a podcast with people with guys with mustache. I think the White Lightning episode, right? It was the White Lightning episode, absolutely, because oh, we're yeah. talking about Burt Reynolds, and it was a pre-mustache yeah, yeah. Burt Reynolds. 
But uh, yeah, it blew my mind. I went back and listened to that old episode uh, after you had started the show, Daniel, and uh, and there was Chris Hughes saying like, "I wish there was a podcast where like we focus on it's a movie podcast, but it only focuses on like much famous like mustaches." When, much like, I'm like Daniel Day Lewis told uh, told Eli, this podcast was born from the filth of the grind bin. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what my my first thought was what? when I heard that Dan was uh Sakura you hack <laughs> I'm going to put that on my tombstone baby <laughs> But uh yeah so uh I don't really have too much to plug other than the fact that um you know just check out this podcast every Monday we'll be releasing episodes wherever you can find podcasts I actually forgot to um I forgot to talk about uh, my my last guest, which is also happens to be my girlfriend, uh, Brie Rivetta. She has a YouTube channel, uh, Venom and Peonies. You can find her on YouTube. You can find her on all the social media stuff. She's always posting stuff all the time, and she bakes great things. It's just a wonderful thing. I'm a lucky person. Anyway, so... <laughs> That's awesome. So, thank you so much, Bobby. Man, I'm so glad you are able to be here. Thank you. Oh, I am too, man. This was great. Hell I'd love yeah. to do it again sometime. All right. Until next time, everyone, check y'all on the download to the b That means nothing. I don't know what I said. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>